We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Off The Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University and class is in session. Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. My name is Paul. Clearly, I'm not Carl, but he's not able to join us here today. He's all right. You know, Miami folk, they're stuck in traffic all day long. And when they're not in traffic, they're upset about traffic. So he won't be here today, but I got this because today's guest is somebody that's going to change the game for y'all. Now, I would normally do a long introduction, but here's what I want to get across. If you've ever... And y'all know, by the way, when we bring on physical therapists, we try to reserve a special because this is our space. You know, y'all that are watching this, listen to this, you guys understand that this is our space. So we try to bring the best of the best when it's about our profession. Everybody else, I mean, they're good, but we, we try to be selective about PT. So this person today is going to change it for you just because you have to understand he is literally the master can attest the master of preventing unneeded surgeries as well as the owner of max level rx and the goat of some of the most important people on the earth so without further ado gersh say what's up to the people man what's good people it's an honor to be here super Let's... grateful to be here every day man yes sir so here's the thing I, I just want to get right into it because I know today's conversation is going to be one that's like powerful for everybody but at the same time I just want to have a blast with this one right I know like this this is going to be the one that does numbers let's start right here why PT man physical therapy man for me being able to help somebody recover from an injury get them to the point where they have no pain or being able to perform at the highest level so that they can do what makes them happy mm. and is within their purpose and they're able to use their God-given gifts to the fullest without any distractions such as pain or yeah. limitations. Yeah. Man, that's that's the gift that is super special that is specifically in the physical therapy space and man, it is one of the most fulfilling uh careers that there is on the planet, yeah. you know, building a relationship with them, understanding who the, the your clients and your patients are, and really helping them achieve their goals at the highest level, man, there's nothing better than that. And it's very indescribable of how amazing that field of physical therapy is, you know? Listen, I love that answer because, you know, I don't want it to just pass by for people hearing that, to think that, like it's it's like it's deep right and i think the older i get i'm not that old i'm 29 years old but the older i get i think about all the damage i did to my body back in my young days and now like there was a point in my life that doctors literally told me i would need surgery one day they were like you're gonna need a knee replacement you're gonna need a hip replacement your shoulder's gonna need to get done because you are it right and so for me physical therapy was something that changed a lot of things for me because my world opened up all of a sudden when I realized like I can I can live life at a high level so that's why I love your answer man um let's let's there's so many places and because people don't know you in our world there's so many places I want to go 
So with, 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 without further ado, let's go ahead and start here. Normally, I'd ask people what led them to that, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But let's talk about some of the struggles you faced. And I want to highlight this portion for the listeners, because I know for a lot of people, and it's interesting, one of my buddies this morning hit me up and he sent a text to this group. We're in this Peloton group, right? So he sent this text and he's like, y'all, I know everybody's going through this struggle season right now, but you can make it through. And before we started recording, you said something specific that I didn't even actually know, right? So let's talk about some of the struggles you face in your life and then how it's actually shaped you to being who you are with your character right now. Is that cool? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get right. it. Let's go into it, right? You, I know you mentioned about being homeless at one point. Right. So in my first year of grad school, I was unable to get student loan money for two and a half months. That's pretty much the whole first semester. Uh, my first week of school, I got a place. My car breaks down with a timing belt issue. I ain't got 1500 to fix it right off the rip. My house is 14 miles away from Andrews University. I'm in the boondock countryside. So I'm riding my bicycle seven to 14 miles. I did the 14 miles maybe three times and I realized, yo, this ain't it. This ain't it. I can't do this. So I started couch surfing throughout uh, having a weekly schedule. In the beginning, I tried sleeping in one abandoned building. That definitely was not it for me. I got no sleep. Uh, I had bug bites. I was just like, man, I can't, I can't do this and go to PT school. So I ended up sleeping on people's couches. I ultimately ended up sleeping in the PT department for right around a month. They don't even know (laughs) because I was hiding inside of a closet. Campus safety comes around 1145 to that 12 o'clock range. And I always know the sound of their car. So I book it right for that closet. And I'm holding it locked shot uh, tight with my foot against that door. So you can't open that, that door that's in their neuro lab. We have yeah. hospital beds in there that I can sleep in, yeah. but I got to wait until campus safety checks it out, says it's good, and then bounces out. And I actually ended up buying a, uh, I, well, I got I borrowed one from a friend, a headlamp, so that I wouldn't have to turn on the lights. So people, this is campus safety wouldn't be like, yo, what's going on in that room right. or in that building? So Man. I ended up sleeping in the PT department. Uh, I would, <laughs> I'm in the boondocks of Michigan in the countryside. So I'm stealing food, fruits, yeah. corn, apple, grapes. It was honey, gra- uh, honey crisp apples. <laughs> I'm eating Concord grapes and sweet corn. That yeah. was my diet for almost two months, two and a half months, man. Nonstop. Uh, the honey crisp apple, I got shot at twice at that farm. Thank God I didn't get hit. I had no health insurance back then. So (laughs) it would have been a disaster. Thank God, you know, I didn't get shot. Um, I'm taking a shower bright in the morning. Right when I get up, I would would get up at four in the morning. And then I would go to the gym where the swimming pool is located, take a shower. I had a locker there that I was able to just store all my clothes. And I can use it as a temporary, like, safety shelter. And I would shower there, come back to school, and I would just go on my grind from 4.30 until school started. Mm -hmm. And, man, it was such a journey. But, man, during that time, I I was so close to giving up physical therapy and becoming a ski bum and a surf bum somewhere and just enjoying life or whatever. But because I was listening to Eric Thomas at that time, Mm -hmm. that's the first time on YouTube, he started coming out with thank God it's Monday series. 
And I would put it on repeat every single day. There was a few videos that I would listen to every single day. And because of that sensory input yeah. and me putting him in my ear, yeah. I continue to make steps every single day, every single day. I would get up and I would do my thing. I would study right around like three to four hours in the morning. At lunchtime, I would teach in the neuroanatomy and the anatomy lab as a grad assistant. So I'm making some money coming in and I'm teaching kids. And plus for me, anatomy is a basic foundation. If you want to treat the human body, you better know what's in it if you cut it. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's a lot of PTs out there that don't remember anatomy, sadly. You know what I mean? And there's some minute ones, you know, uh, that we should definitely know. But if you understand what's there and how it functions and what happens when it don't function, right? Man, you can, you can, call, you can find uh, problems and find the solutions as well. You know, so I found I was doing that. Then on at the evening after dinner, I would study another four hours, right? So, I mean, it's a full-time gig, man. Right. And then, so that's around eight hours of studying, six to eight hours every single day on top of whatever I had to do. Yeah. Then on Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday, while, while all my other classmates and all my homies are partying Friday, partying Saturday, recovering Sunday, Man, I was in a Notre Dame library basement, which I would get a hook up, get a ride with one of my homies. And we would just be in this basement. Now, we don't go to school there, so we don't get internet. I, I'm in a basement, so there's no cell phone service, nothing but my books, nothing but my lectures, <laughs> nothing but paper and me writing stuff down. And man, I was able to work my way up to on the weekends originally starting at like 15 hours for the whole weekend i was starting to stack 30 to 50 hours of studying time on the weekend man and that and it's crazy to look back now because like you know i was on a journey to overcome adhd eric thomas uh told me that in one of the youtube videos that adhd is not a disease but it's a superpower given by God if you learn how to use it mm -hmm. effectively, right? So for me, I've been diagnosed with ADHD for a long time and I've been on all the different things. But after that video, I actually Googled for the first time, how do I control my ADHD? And I found the European method of treating ADHD and that blew my mind. And that was like the first time ever. I was like, yo, this might be, there might be one way, more than one way to skin a cat, mm -hmm. right? When it comes down to healthcare, and maybe our capitalistic system isn't isn't the the best it claims to be, you know. And because the in the European method, medication is dead last. But here in America, why did that was the first thing I got, and then everything else in the European method, I was so surprised. I did not even hear one time in my entire mm -hmm. life hanging out with ADHD professionals, specialists, and all that kind of stuff. And the first thing they look at is diet. Mm. You know what I mean? Cut out artificial sugars, you know, cut out high fatty foods, you know, such as fast foods. Um, cut out uh, a lot of caffeine, right? Mm -hmm. They wanted me to cut out grapes and apples, but I mean, I was homeless and that's all I ate. I can't just eat corn, man. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I gotta adapt. I gotta adapt. That ain't for me, right. man, I, for now. So, uh, and then they tell you to drink water every hour, which I thought was very fascinating, right? Mm -hmm. They want you to sleep good. They want you to exercise 30 minutes. They want you to meditate 
30 minutes daily or color, mm. right? Because, you know, when you're free coloring and you're having fun coloring, it's equivalent to 30, uh, uh, 30 minutes of med- uh, coloring is equivalent to 30 minutes of meditation, mm. right? Which I, that's why Adele Coloring Books became so, so hot because yeah. of that study, right? But this was, re- that was in the European paper about ADHD research. I never knew about this, right? And then, of course, the last thing was, train your ability to focus like a skill and that blew me away so i utilize table tennis i I bring one side of the table up i would forest gump it in the beginning i could only hit the ball for right around like 30 to 40 times before i lose the strap i got distracted yeah then as i worked my way up after a year bro i'm hitting man i'm hitting 500 uh uh, with forehands 500 backhands Mm -hmm. I'm doing 250 crossovers, which is backhand, forehand, backhand, forehand. I'm doing 500 back cuts and then 500 top spins. And then just to finish it off, because it's my favorite, just smash the ball until it explodes, you know? <laughs> so, you know, that was a, that's when everything changed in the beginning. And yeah. it's crazy because, man, like I said, I almost gave up. You know, I almost quit being a PT. But because I was listening to ET, I was overcoming my ADHD and I was continuing to make moves and continuing to do the things that the smartest kids in my class would never do, right? And outworking all of the kids. Man, I got to the spot before the summa cum laude kids got to the spot. I'll say that for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not the smartest. And if you ain't the smartest, you better get your grind up because if you do, you can compete with the best. You know, and it's crazy because even when I was in my grad, uh, well, when I was in my last internships, I was in a really bad snowboarding accident and they told me, right. Uh, well, I was, I was hitting the park and I was hitting some big kickers. I overshot the landing, landed straight on my butt, 25 feet straight on my butt. I couldn't sit, stand, walk, get up, lay down. I couldn't do nothing. I thought I exploded everything down there. And I was panicking, man. And I go to the hospital, uh, San Bernardino Hospital, and I max out a credit card, get an MRI. They said I had three disc herniations, 15 millimeters, nine millimeters, 3.5 millimeters, right? And the doctor said I needed a fusion surgery in two segments. And not only that, he told me I would never snowboard ever again. Now I'm an adaptive snowboard instructor, licensed, certified. I teach kids with disabilities how to shred as well as wounded warriors and amputees, right? Then there's not, everybody deserves to paint the mountain with their lines that they create, man. Everybody deserves that opportunity, man. Even the kids, you know, my mentor always told me, if you want a tiger to be a real tiger, you don't lock them up in a zoo. You let them roam free and let them be a tiger. That's how he can become a real tiger. And for these kids, they don't get that opportunity. So for me to be able to provide that, that brought me so much joy. So when the doctor told me, you're never doing that again, I was crushed. Now, I've just overcome homelessness (laughs) and I'm trying to graduate next year. I'm doing no surgery if it's going to impede my graduation. Uh, If anything, I'll graduate, I'll get health insurance and then I'll get the surgery. I ain't doing this right now. I was actually in SoCal. I had to drive up to Seattle. So I signed an AMA and against medical advice, and I painfully drove up to Seattle. Now in Seattle, there's the best ortho doctor in the world, right? And one of the 
best hospitals in Seattle. Yeah. So I was like, I had an extra day before my internship started, bro. He, I maxed out another credit card. Uh, same disc herniations. The doctor said there, I needed a bigger fusion surgery. He told me the same thing. You're never snowboarding again. Yeah. And I told him the same thing, man, uh, no disrespect. You don't know what I just been through. I ain't doing no surgery. I signed an AMA and I bounced out and bro, I was depressed, man. I didn't know what I was going to do, but by the grace of God, man, by the grace of God, um, I ended up, my internship spot was a specialty spine clinic mm -hmm. that specialized in non-traditional therapies. He fixed my back in two and a half months. Let's go. And I was snowboarding the next season and I was cool. going harder and I'm going higher go. and I'm shredding harder. Dog. I mean, you know, proof go. is in the pudding. And I, I and, and my back, bro, I'm deadlifting 405, 410 now, weighing 135, bro. My back is solid. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I never had that surgery. You know, um, oh. there are things that I learned from that specialty spine clinic that I've never heard in my life in PT school or any medical professionals talk about, yeah. but that was the thing that fixed my back, you know, but during those times, again, you just got to keep moving forward so that it sets you up because I think Les Brown said this, that a set up is a, uh, uh, oh yeah, set up is a, no, a set back is a setup for a comeback, right? So yeah. all and then even just tissue development 101, bro, like without stress, there is no growth. But even more, uh, more importantly, with effective stress, there yeah. is more effective growth. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. all of these situations has led me up to what I'm doing now, yeah. which is, you know, being able to help people uh, prevent unneeded surgeries, uh, unneeded medications, you know, especially pain pills. Mm -hmm. and providing a different opportunity besides oh let's just slice and dice these patients and see what happens yeah. you know what i mean because that roll of the dice i mean once you go under the knife there's no coming back the same that's that's just how it is you right. know and it's a higher majority of you coming back with more issues than than not and for me it's always been very you know a curious where it's like man, why can't we just strengthen their core properly first, you know, or stretch their hips out, you know, work on the hip flexor, you know, in the yeah. QL or something, or change their breathing habits even. I mean, that's very important. But like, for them, it's just like, oh, you got this, this herniation, let's cut this out, let's do this. But the research now shows, man, 90% of disc herniations heal by themselves if you let it heal. You don't scratch a scab a thousand times and expect it to heal. You know what I mean? And that's what happens when we bend forward or forward head posture. If you got disc herniations in your neck, right. you know what I mean? You, you got to be in a better posture. You got to change the way you breathe. You got to change the way you move, the way that you stabilize, all that stuff. Man, I'm getting way better results with no surgeries than, man, a lot of my clients that did get a surgery. And now I got to go and help them be able to deal with that and adjust new compensation patterns because of that surgery. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, man, I, I've been through the ringer and then some <laughs> yeah. for sure. And uh, there's no better joy for me to be a PT who's been through it and understands when there is like no hope. And now there is hope because you met this dude who provided you a different pathway 
than what the traditional way has been for hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, that was already super barbaric from the get go, you right. know? So, so for me, man, uh, man, I, I don't know if that answers your question, but like, yeah, man, that it's all this, the struggle and the strife, the trials and the tribulations that made yeah. me who I am today. And that's why I can understand my patients more mm-hmm. and provide the things that I wish someone gave me when, when that doctor told me, man, you're never snowboarding again, or that never doing that thing you love to do in your life again. Like, right. bro, I would never say that. I would never tell Tony Hawk that he can never skateboard again after his knee injury. Exactly. And luckily, luckily, we live in a time now where they're not going to put you in a weird airplane cast and actually will provide you with certain things. Because t- what's great about uh, Tony Hawk's uh, recovery, none of his therapists told him he could never skateboard again. And he just did a kickflip recently, you know what I mean? And that's, that's beautiful. That is so beautiful. You know what I mean? To help somebody be able to continue to do the thing that they love to do, you know? And for me to gain that superpower and be engraved by it and molded by like the struggle, I mean, diamonds created under pressure shoot, and then get, get cut. And then they got to get cut. Man, I understand that process. Yeah. And, you know, thanks to ET and my, my uh, story and what I've been through, man, I can, I feel like I can really help my patients out on a different level. And that might be why I'm getting the results I'm getting right. and I'm getting the opportunities I'm getting. Right. Let, I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps right now. All right. So. <laughs> I, I'm. I, there, I think there's three particular things I want to talk about about what you just talked about before I move forward. Okay, first things first. Having grown up in Southwest Michigan, shout to Baron Springs, Ooh, the listeners, y'all probably have no idea, right? Y'all probably have no idea how cold it gets up there. Like, just the fact that he said for two and a half months, you were basically out there, right? And by the way, 14 miles in Michigan is like a distance, right? That's the St. Joe. That's the St. Joe, man. That's 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 what I'm saying. Like, it's a distance, right? And so, like, what what really sticks out first and foremost, and I think now I can understand fully why you're such a beast. Now I get it, right? I mean, you can see it. Like, it's it's something to see and be like, yo, they're crushing it. They're killing. But to understand what actually created that beast, because probably up to that point, you were killing it, but like you made a decision, right? So that's the first thing. For the listeners, like I, I need y'all to understand something. And, and if, you, if you're driving, stop, pull over, listen to this point. You have to be able to make a decision prior to being able to see the result of what you desire, right? I first, one of my favorite, uh, one of my coaches right now, he always says, disruption follows intention. As soon as you make the decision to go in a certain direction, I promise you, I don't know if this is like one of the laws of life. As soon as you make a decision, things are going to go like expect things to not go in the direction you wanted them to go. Expect things to start getting mixed up. Expect things to start falling apart because you've made the decision to do something different. For Gersh, he was like, look, and y'all, I need y'all to understand. Okay. And I don't, I don't know why this is so deep to me, but I got to hit it. If you've ever been to Michigan, in October, like I live in, I live in Florida now. I'm acclimated to Florida weather. So anything below 70 is freezing to me. Right. But I, I looked at the weather. Cause you know, I got fam that still lives up there. 
it was talking about 30. I was like, absolutely not. This time of year, and we're talking, you're going to almost December, right? I mean, I had to ride my bicycle seven miles in the snow, literally for like two, two and a half weeks, I think it was. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you understand the road to Eau Claire, right? And yeah, I mean, there's no sidewalk. Nothing. I mean, I'm on the side of the road riding my bicycle on these hills. You know what I mean? I got snow. clipped twice. I got clipped twice from, uh, what is it, from the rear view mirror or the side view mirrors on my handlebar, yeah. like twice. You yeah. know what I mean? On the rain, man, I would just take a trash bag, tarp myself, create a hole with my backpack, do this. Man, that made me a kite, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? It didn't help <laughs> at all. I was, I was dry, but man, I'm blowing into cars. I'm blowing everywhere. Now nah, that's crazy, man. For sure. Now that's that's oh come on, y'all. Like, how bad do you want it? Okay. So, first thing, make a decision. Second thing you said that really stuck out to me was the intentionality, intentionality behind n- not being willing to do the bare minimum. Right? right. H- here's what I believe, right? I <laughs> and I heard it well, right? I heard it in an interview years ago. When they were interviewing um, uh, uh, George W. Bush, right? And he was like, they asked him, like, how was school? How, how did you do well? And he was like, look, here's the thing, right? You're going to have A students that work for B students. And B students are leading companies created by C students. But he said that because he was like, just because you're, you're, the, you're the, at the top, you were the most academically smart, that actually sometimes is a disadvantage because you might not actually work as hard because you already got the natural talent for you. You're saying you came at it and saying I'm going to outwork everybody. Like y'all, my man had to get up at four, leave where he was to go to the pool, to take a shower over there, to come back, hit the books, to then go to class, to then teach, to then go back after all that and study and then hit the library and y'all like hit the Notre Dame isn't like down the road. So you got to get somebody to go with him half an hour minimum to go hit the books Friday night, yeah. Saturday night, Sunday night. Y'all like this is where I want you to understand not accepting the bare minimum. And that's why I'm saying I'm getting goosebumps just like listening to you talk because for people listening, I know for a fact there are very few moments that you can actually see what has directly correlated to where somebody is right now. You just made the decision to go to PT school, get to PT school, homelessness slaps you in the face, right? And then you're like, I'm going to just show up and do more than everybody. I'm, I'm going to be, at, nobody could outwork Gersh. I would just say it like that. You could show yeah, up every man. day knowing nobody, <laughs> like nobody was going as hard as you were, right? Oh, yeah. For and sure, then think about sure, this. Eh? Think about this, y'all. Then the third thing that happens is at the end of that rotation, like my man's almost done. He's overcome so much. He wasn't willing to accept the thing that didn't actually lead to his end goal. And by the way, I, I, some people going to listen to this and be like, but you got to listen to the wisdom of other people. Y'all, okay, look, hey, I'll say it like this. Sometimes fear will have you living or thinking small. And then you'll accept a whole lot of defeat and call it wisdom, right? Because other people are like, no, because we've done it for so long. This is the only way. Think about it. Two people 
told him he needed surgery. Surgery, by the way, that prevented the struggles he's had to overcome to finish PT school. And then it just so happened that somebody who was willing to do something in a different way, he found like, I mean, you happen to be at the right spot, right? But because of your willingness to actually go past what the status quo was, somebody was like, yo, I got you. Because we actually happened to specialize in doing this a different way. Now look at you. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why I wanted to hit those three points. And I was getting goosebumps because like, I don't want people to just hear all that and miss it. You make a decision, a whole lot of issues going to go wrong. I I guarantee it, y'all. A whole lot of issues going to go wrong as soon as you make a decision. Two, not being willing to do the bare minimum, which means you got to like, okay, see, y'all, before, before we started recording, Gersh, what time do you wake up every day? 2.50, Kobe hours. 2.50, right? 2.50 in the morning, you're up. What time do y'all do the workouts? Four to six every day. Right. What time do you go except to bed? Saturday. Every day except uh, Saturday. What time do you hit the sheets usually? I mean, I try to get in by 9, 9.30, but I mean, last night I'd have been 11, you know what right. I mean? <laughs> yeah. But you still got up at 2.50. Up. You still got to get up. That's what you I'm saying right there, right? A lot of people are actually not willing to do that work, Right. And then the thing, oh, okay, here we go. Let me offend people. And then the thing that happens on the other end is people get really upset for getting results. Like they're upset they didn't get results that they put absolutely no work towards. You don't get to where Gersh is right now. And we're going to get into that in just a bit. You don't get to where Gersh is right now without being able to be about that talk. Some of the people Gersh works with are at the top of the industry. Which means his values have to reflect who he's working with, right? Because I guarantee the people you're working with, they, they could have gone with somebody else. Think about it. Right? I mean, they could have gone with the best of the best. They could have gone really with the best to. of the best. Yeah. By the way, Gersh is real nice. I, I, I say this because my girl like religiously studies his videos. <laughs> and then I am good because Gersh don't even know he's treated me. So <laughs> that's the thing. He doesn't even know he's treated me. Right? Let's go. Let's go. You don't even know he's treated me. I have a cup bruise for the first time in my life as proof that I'm good. Anyway, we'll leave that alone for now. But the fact that the work you do actually reflects the, the, the opportunities you get. And I want people to understand that. Right? Just y'all, like y'all, listen. I know some of y'all have been like doing the challenge with us, but can I can I push you guys? The second, so Gersh, here's a challenge we've been doing, right? So the thing, and I had to start with me because I used to, I used to do this thing where I wake up and I open, I do my devotion in the morning. I'm reading the Bible and I'm like, because you're reading the Bible, you good. I was like, bro, blue blue light is blue light regardless, right? You are automatically getting up and picking up your phone. So the challenge we have everybody doing in our community is for the first 30 minutes to an hour, no phone, no screens, nothing. Like you got to be with your thoughts for the last 30 minutes to an hour. No phones, no screens, nothing. You got to be reading prior to bed, right? So that's the challenge I have going on. But for the people that are doing it, I want to push you a little further because I started doing it myself. I used to tell myself this belief that I couldn't get up. Now, now here's the thing. Having heard Gersh wakes up at 2.50, I got to get up a little earlier now. But I've been getting up at five. I've been getting up at five and I'm like, yo, I'm going to get up. Like, And I used to tell myself, I need the alarm. I need my phone. I need this. Y'all, 
now that I'm getting up at five or prior to five, really no phone, no alarm. And I'm just getting after it. You know, what's happening for people. You have to understand that you have to make these decisions for yourselves. You have to make these decisions for yourselves, y'all and push yourself past the limits you continue to put on yourselves. I'm going to leave that there for now. I know we're going to get some negative hate for that yeah. segment. I don't care. Please, please leave us negative. Yeah, let me, so let, let me say it. something before we move Talk on though. Like Talk I'm a me. human being as well too. And when I was in PT school and I was going through these trials and I was getting up super early and I didn't want to get up since I'm human too, I thought about two things, right? Because ET, the hip hop preacher was always about what's your why. I thought about what would it mean for my grandmother and my mom if I become the first doctor in my family, Yeah. right? The other second part is one piece of information is going to change my patient's life for the rest of his life. So I need to study as much as I can during this incubation phase. That's why I got up every single day that early. And what's crazy is when I was in grad school, I had no alarm clock. I got up at four, even if I slept at two, even as I slept at 2.33, my brain, boom, I'm up, cold shower, morning meditation, yoga, back to the books. That's just, that's just how it was. You know, now that I'm at, in my career and I'm grinding, which, man, my nine-year nine anniversary as a PT is coming up now, um, literally November 2nd, uh, which is crazy, you know what I mean? But uh, now it's kind of like if I want to be the best physical therapist around while they sleep i better be working the reason why kobe was the goat of all time was because his work ethic outworked everybody most nba players two to three workouts a day kobe five to six sometimes seven workouts a day it don't matter he did this on the daily when they when when nba players are coming back from the club he just got out of the gym he just finished his uh five thousand shots you know what i mean and that's why Kobe was a beast and nobody could stand up to the intensity yeah. of Black Mamba. When he put that flips on, bro, you ain't doing it. You know, and for me, all these high-end clients, bro, it's my game seven. Yep. You know, I mean, I, I'm here to win. Like, it's as Kobe says, it's dope to be able to play in the playoff, but I'm here to win championships. You know what I mean? So that's why I still study an hour a day, physical therapy-related and then also uh, 30 minutes to an hour of my of personal development. I got to continue to do that. That was my bread and butter that got me to the position here today. And plus PT, things are changing on the day. You know, I always heard this quote, you're either growing or you're dying, right? And I choose to grow and live and maximize my life to the fullest every single day. And of course, being kind as much as I can so I can stack that good karma so the world can bless me, you know what I mean? Not just for my selfish needs, but just to be able to yeah. help others. Since I'm a very support type, I'm a high S in the disc assessment. Yeah. My passion is to support, right? And, mm. and that definitely makes tons of sense. But really, it was my why that allowed me to just be like, bro, I gotta get up, man, you know? And now, in currently in the gym I'm at, I have accountability. Thanks to the guys at the Congo gym, you know, because of them, it really solidified even more what I have to do as a PT to be a next level PT. Mm. You know I mean? Like I, I was average. I was good at what I did. I was good. But like to be more than great and be 120, where now even the best of the best 
uh, can't even catch up to you. I close the gap. Now it's time to extend the gap. You know what I mean? And leave a legacy and leave, leave the information for the people. That's really why I'm here is for the people. And so my why is what allows me to get up that early and be able to do what I do. Cause man, I'll tell you what, man, getting up that early, not easy, not easy all the time. you know, and there's a rule of thirds I've heard where a third of the time you feel great about doing something. Yeah. Third of the time you're like, eh, it's indifferent. Yeah. Third of the time you feel like crap and you don't want to do it. And everything in your body is telling you don't do it. Yeah. It's what you do with the two thirds <laughs> when you don't feel good. That makes you great or makes you average. And yeah. man, life is not meant to be experienced as an average human being. Life is meant to be uh, squeezed of all the juices of life, man. And just get it into our soul, bro. Because when you do and you can really experience what life is, bro it's 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 so fulfilling and like the joy and the happiness that you get from it mm -hmm. from helping somebody that prevent an unneeded surgery what is that yeah. worth you know what i mean like it is such an amazing feeling that right. like i gotta keep doing this right and and keep it in my schedule otherwise man i i don't want to be left behind like some of these og pts that that are in the game i have no disrespect or anything but like man there, there's a reason why they're doing what they're doing for the past 30, 40, 50 years and ain't got a big old pay raise. Right. You know, when I started my company, I didn't know if I was going to make any money, but uh, making five figures the first month, man, that tripped me out. Right. But when you're focused on impact and not money, man, everything comes. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have so many we ain't got the time to go there we ain't got the time to go there i i'm just say the leaves alone there's so much more out there than what everybody's been taught and if you're just willing to learn and always have a spirit of learning y'all heard gersh an hour a day still some of y'all graduated pt school took that npte and said peace to the books <laughs> right I not even any shade. I just, I can't name drop anybody, but that's the truth of the matter. A lot of people just left it alone. So when you find yourself like in anyway, we ain't got time. Okay. Gersh, let me ask you this question. Obviously you've talked about ET as somebody who's made an impact in your life. If you were to say top two or three people that have left a lasting impact or some way shaped your way of thinking over your years right shout out to the ninth year anniversary coming up november 2nd but what what would those people do and then what in particular have they done to help you solidify who you are right now man um of course the og les brown he was the first person when i was 18 years old i heard the you got to be hungry speech mm -hmm. that changed my life i've never heard anything in personal development until i was 18 and it was that Les Brown speech. You got to be hungry for your success. And I, I wanted success, but I was never hungry for success. And that kind of tweaked it, you know. But I was in a phase of my life, 18 to 24, I didn't love myself like I should have, mm -hmm. right? I was still finding out who I was. I was trying to be the flight attendant in the disc assessment when I was really the grounds crew. You know what I mean? So I was, it was an imposter syndrome. You know, there's no way I'm going to be successful trying to be someone else. Yeah. I got to be me and authentically me, yeah. you know? And 
So Les Brown would be the first OG. Uh, man, but there's no one bigger and better that has made more of an impact in my life than Eric Thomas, the ET, the hip hop preacher. Yeah. Because of ET and his Thank God It's Monday uh, videos, Secret to Success podcast, all his books, um, his energy, his words, uh, being in my spirit. I mean, he, man, he's, he's an example of what a human being should be, low key. Facts. Facts. He's, he's, gonna, he's going to win a Nobel Peace Prize. Facts. You know, and he was homeless. Yeah, he had out of trash cans. You know what I mean? And now he's become the number one motivational speaker and past Tony Robbins. You know what I mean? Tony Robbins, he was mentoring presidents, George Bush. You know what I mean? But E.T., he's helping the kids. He's still in the prisons. You know what I mean? And he's trying to make, bro, I'll say this about E, man. E.T. was a person that helped me overcome, well, helped me become who I am today by being super authentic and loving who I am as a human being. Facts. Two, um, overcoming homelessness three would be overcoming adhd without medication yeah and of course outworking and then four outworking everybody that's around you yeah. uh, especially the smartest kids you know if i wasn't getting the top of my grade i better be there putting in hours in the the, the office hours putting in time hanging out with the smartest kids just making sure I put in the work to outwork the smartest kids. E.T. was that person who impacted my life. And even today, as I work on him, he still continues to impact me, bro. Mm -hmm. Like his conference in uh, his 120 conference in Chicago, man, him and Jamal have this one saying where it's one man's obedience is linked to so many people's destiny. Yeah. Right. And then he asked E.T. asked the question. What would have it been like if E.T. wasn't obedient to healing himself from not having his father and not meeting until this 30, you know, his mom lying to him for him being homeless? Um, what would that have mean, uh, meant? And I thought about it. And I was like, bro, I would have never become a doctor. I would have never outworked these kids and become, you know, I won academic awards in PT school, best student of the year in Michigan. And I had never win uh, academic awards in my life. Yeah. You know, and we had a kid in my class who had photographic memory. You know what I mean? How I beat my man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's the thing is like E.T.'s voice and yeah. his energy. Yeah. I resonate so strongly with. Yeah. And for him, I mean, he is the person he speaks of, which is which is so amazing. Yeah. You know, um, and to have that example and that energy around me. Uh, now, as well as like in my voice through all the podcasts and all the, the the YouTube videos and all that, man, that really molded what kind of man I want to be, man. Yeah. Even for my partner and my girlfriends and things like that. Uh, well, I don't have a girlfriend. I'm single now. But like when I did have a girlfriend, uh, I was the one doing the laundry because yeah. he was doing that. I was doing the dishes, right? I was doing that because he was doing it. Yeah. And what happened when I started doing that? My relationships got better. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, oh, it turns out, you know, they don't want to work when they get home after work, you know? <laughs> right, right. So, so he showed me and broke me out of the mold of like, yo, maybe the, the way that we've been taught 
in our lives and it's what society has told us the man brings money in and the white cooks and, no 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 no. it's a partnership big dog nice. you know what i mean and then not only that we create the way that our relationship will work not the world the world doesn't tell us nothing we tell the world what we want you know what i mean that's right. the way it should be so et was probably the most influential mm -hmm. and then my last person i would say bruce lee philosophy yeah Bruce, Bruce Lee, I read all of his philosophical books, all his Jikondo books, but Bruce Lee's philosophy was really the one that changed the way I did physical therapy, um, did life, man, all aspects of my life when I'm dealing with another human being or just against myself even. Mm -hmm. Bruce Lee's philosophy is what really changed the game. Let me give you an example. Bruce Lee's one of his most famous quotes, empty your mind, be formless, shapeless, like water. When water is poured into a cup, it becomes a cup. When water is poured into a teapot, it becomes a teapot. When uh, water can now flow or it can crash. So be water, my friend. What does that mean? So for me, that means as a physical therapist, we, we don't make the patients adapt to us. We adapt and go to where the patients are, Yeah. right? And, and we adapt to them. But what's dope about that quote and getting it even deeper, anatomically, water never changes. So I, that means for me, I got to be me, ultimately, when I come and adapt to who that patient, that client, or anybody I'm interacting with, I go and adapt to who they are, but I stay who I am. Right. And things like that. Another quote that Bruce Lee has taught me do use what is useful, reject what is not. Bro, simple, simple. You know what I mean? Everything in PT that I do today, I try it out. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? If I heard that it might work, yeah, and the research might be not there yet, but see if it works for your patients. You know, why are we doing such a one dimensional approach on patients when we're treating multi dimensional people? That don't make no sense. You know what I mean? So, so why not? You know, and everyone's spine, uh, everyone's spine is like a fingerprint. No one mm. has the same exact spine. There might be similarities and patterns, but it's not the exact same. So what right. they need might be slightly different than someone with the exact same spine, uh, with the same disc herniation or whatever. Right. So for me, you know, that means I got to continue to learn and add into my arsenal because it might be just one random piece of information, which this has happened multiple times, has changed my patient's life forever. You know what I mean? So it's worth it for me to continue to read. It's right. worth it for me to keep grinding and all that kind of stuff. And then the last quote that Bruce Lee always says, have laser-like focus. Yeah. And cut out all the noise, cut out all the BS. That's why you don't see me at the parties. You don't see me at the clubs, man. On the weekends, I read more. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I mean, it sounds kind of lame, but at the same time, what I'm doing, right, bro? I mean, I, I have no time to waste because, again, I'm here to win championships, right? If I'm working on a nine to five millionaire Jamal King, when his doctor says he needs a total hip replacement, I got him running again after he was having paresthesias down his leg from standing for more than five minutes. Bro, you know what I mean? I'm going to help these guys keep their original parts. Facts. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And that takes additional information than what's taught as a generalist once you graduate grad school. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. dope, but boom. <laughs> yeah, I just, okay. All right. <laughs>
<laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Because I just want to keep going. That's the thing. We cannot give these people like a five-hour episode. All right. Let, let me ask, let me ask these two questions and then where this goes, it goes. Okay. First and foremost, and actually, no, let me ask this first question about focus. Okay. The other question, I know the people gonna want to know how the heck you even got into this, but you know what I'm talking about. But the first question, let's talk about laser-like focus. Because, and I don't know what, like I, I work in sales and marketing um, in um, the business that we have. And so, you know, I have all these like little cute quotes that the average attention span now is like seven seconds or whatever it is, um, even shorter now, right? But how, like, I mean, I'm, I know you were talking about doing the table tennis, going forearm, backswing, back and forth, and then just going to smash the ball, right? But I know that took consistent time over a year. Why is it that understanding or becoming aware that focus was a key component of your journey? Why is it you decided to do it in that way, right? Did you just choose table tennis for the sake of table tennis? Or was there something behind it? That's the first question. The second part of the question is if somebody comes up to you right now and says, I'm really struggling and being able to get this work done, right? And I know people got the Pomodoro technique, people got this, people got that, right? What would you tell them to be like, yo, this is what focus does. And how does somebody, this is a good question. How does somebody recognize what focus is when they're in their flow, when they're in their zone? Okay. So first question about the table tennis, why I chose that. That was something that I could objectively measure. I can hit either time or number of hits, right? Mm -hmm. So my original goal was just to be able to hit a thousand, 1000 hits right? Whatever way. That was my original goal. I hit that pretty easily. <laughs> within, like, within like a week and a half, I hit that, yeah. right? And so I kept it going. And then I, I decided that I got to do it based off time because my ability to study was only at, originally it was like 12 minutes before I, I, had, I had to do something, yeah. right? Or my brain would naturally just turn off and do something else. So I had to increase my endurance, my time endurance. So that's why I ended up choosing table tennis. Now I'll tell you this about ping pong is that that's what got me through physics. That was the thing when we were on collisions, I was playing ping pong. And of course in collisions, the more time you have on the ball, the more control and the follow through, yeah. right? Which increases the time you have in contact with the ball. You can control it better, right? That clicked. And after that moment, physics was easy. I understood it. I got it because that's just a formula for life or yeah. certain aspects. And in physical therapy, I mean, you got to know physics and, and, and how joints work, levers work, all that stuff in order to know how, to fun how the body functions correctly and then also how to adjust it correctly as well too. But table tennis was one that, one, I love ping pong, bro. Like that's, <laughs> that's something I would love to go um, professional in one day. You know, okay. I'm doing, I'm doing trainings, all that kind of stuff. One day, who knows? You might see me in the Olympics. You know what I mean? Oh. Who knows, dog? Let's you go. know what I mean? I feel Let's like go. I could do that. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but that's something I had a passionate in. So that was something that brought me joy and I could just space out and just focus. Right. That was one of the things if you if you, the, the one, especially when the ball's moving quick, man, you lose that ball for one second. You, it's already gone. You know what I mean? And then not only that, you got to pay attention to which way the ball spins as it hits the table. 
as it's coming to you. You know what I mean? So, so that in itself too, for me, it was just watch the ball. That was as simple as it got, watch the ball, set the timer. When it beeps, you're good. So I would just focus on watching the ball. And that was it. That was like as simple as I can make it. Sometimes we make these studying techniques and this focusing techniques so complex that we get stuck in the chaos. Yeah. Whereas like, man, make it easy for you. For me, it was set a timer. That time, nothing but focus, focus on the ball or stay on the page. And my secret sauce for studying, this is for the PT kids. I read the textbook three times. I listened to the lecture three times with the notes three times. Then I would write lists out because there's, you know, when a teacher says you should pay attention to this list, you know, that's going to be on the test. So write that list out three times, sometimes five, because man, man, sometimes I would have to, you know, put that extra time in it. You know what I mean? So that was my secret sauce. And in order to do that, that's more than 12 minutes. That's, That's way more. So in that case, like I had to get my, my, my focus endurance up and that's not something we're all innately super good at, but that's a skill that we can train. And that's what they don't tell us. They tell us we need medications. Nah, son, there's, there's things that we can do first before you even consider medication, you know, and there's a time and a place for that. I'm not saying there's no place for that, but there's a time and a place, but it's not for everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let, let me ask this question. Like, I'm gonna let the people digest that one. Let me ask this question because you you just said some stuff. Everything is figure outable. Y'all take that. I want you to go back, take that, listen to that again, and just really digest that. Everything is figure outable. And like he said, he had ADHD and he was out here putting hours focused. Hours. Not everybody can do that, but everybody can do that. Okay, so let me ask this question, right? Because the people need to know. I mean, the people want to know at this point. How on earth, correction, you were in the right place because you'd done the work to be in the right place. Let me start there. How did the relationship start or what was it connect into being coming? Let's just call it like it is. Becoming the healthcare provider for the number one motivation speaker in the world. For Mr. Nine to Five, for Mr. West, I don't know why I did that. Shout out to Toby. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Toby. I mean, listen, West Side, but how 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 did that come to be, man? Like, how how did that? Give us a story behind that, because I know, I know, people like me, they've heard, like, you know, on on the Secret to Success podcast, that everybody was just like, shout out to Gersh, shout out to Gersh, Gersh healed us, shout out to Gersh, like everything. But everybody got this question. Hold on. How y'all find Gersh? Or how did Gersh find y'all? Like, like, what's the story behind there? Man, um, one, I was listening to them nonstop. That's definitely one. You know, I mean, so I was I was already manifesting that one day I might be their PT. You know, mm-hmm. um, I didn't know how quick it would be. But man, when I was working with, uh, I was creating a physical therapy business within a chiropractic clinic. Okay, and it was inside of this gym, right? And I've been working there maybe eight months. Then I find out this is where Toby used to train in order to get to the NFL, mm-hmm. high school, college, and on his way to, you know, before he had his injury and took him out of uh, football. 
And one of the days, I'm just finishing up with the patient. I just went to the bathroom, washed my hands. I come out of the bathroom. Tobe is walking right in front of me. Right. And what's dope is that when I moved to Houston, I was able to go to Tobe's first show, Toby from the SWAT show. Mm-hmm. That's his first concert ever in like the underground White Oak Music Hall. It was his first Toby show. Yeah. Not dope art, not none of that. It was Tobe. Tobe. And man, um, I've been a big fan of him ever since, thank God it's Monday, whenever E.T. put Tobe's music on there. Yeah. And then I've been following uh, Tobe since content flow and 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 his whole journey and to see his journey was freaking beautiful he literally applied what eric thomas did and applied it to music Mm -hmm. you know and so i started working with toby at that moment i literally told him yo i've been listening i've been a big fan i've been following you since thank god it's monday and content flow is what i said and I was like, that's been my favorite song for a really long time. Tobe looks at me, he's like, that's trash. <laughs> that was trash. Yeah. <laughs> and so, does. and uh, you know, I've been, I worked with him for like around two and a half years for free, man, for free, you know, and um, I never wanted a dime from him because if I can help him push his car and be able to help him push his car with no pain, bro, that would make me super happy because I rock with what Toby is doing. True. You know, and his message and his lyrics with no curse words. He is his baby and his whole family in there. Every time his wife's always in the front too, as a family unit, you yeah. know. Um, and ever since then, man, ever since I started working on Tobe and any emergency pops up, he hits me up first. Of course, I go and I work on him. Uh, I got a call later. Yo, you, that really helped me out. I'm able to do this, this, this now. And that relationship over time, I, I told, you know, Tobin and, and E.T. is super heavily, you know, invested, but I'm very much like, yo, can you hit my man up? Da, 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 da. I'm not like that. Right. Yeah. So after me and Tobe uh, created a great relationship, I ended up starting to I think this was like my. 32nd or second, uh, 33rd birthday, where I literally went, I decided for the first time I got to go to an E.T. event. Yeah. I needed to see it live. And before that moment, I was super discouraged because I would go to other motivational speaker events. I won't say the name. Um, and they would just sell me stuff. Yeah. Sell me stuff. Every speaker sold me something. And then even when that speaker came on, trying to sell me another course. And what's crazy is I bought a few courses. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, at the end of that course, oh, we can't give you everything because you got to take this advanced second course, which there apparently was four more courses, which I was super turned off. So I figured this might be it, but knowing and hearing ET, I didn't care. I wanted to go. I show up. I didn't get sold once. Instead, it was all content and information for me to change my life. And so I was amped you know seeing et speak for the first time live there's nothing i mean it's like a live concert there's nothing better than that and listening to spotify is different you know and that was that that at that first event i was able to meet meet cj et ceo yeah all right and then of course later that next day there was a toby show that was a 420 uh toby day show 
that yeah. ET and everybody was going to go down to, right? But I left early because I didn't have VIP tickets. I was, I, I was balling on a budget yeah. at that point. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so, so I just got the general admission at that point. And so I left and I actually, Tobe hit me up so I can stretch him out before that show, right? And when I was talking to CJ, the CEO, I told him, yo, um, I got to go work on Tobe. If there's any way, I would love to meet ET in the back at Tobe's show. You know, and so I left and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, he, I mean, I didn't understand how crazy ease uh, interactions can get. And, yeah. you know, I mean, he'll he'll take a photo with you. He never says no to a photo or talk with you, even if he's about to miss his flight. Right. That's the type of dude he is, man. It's crazy how that is. And yeah. he still makes it on those flights. Um, thank yeah. God, you know. And uh, anyways, I go to the show. I stretch Toby out before his show. Right. I meet Jamal King for the first time there and just say what's up real quick. Um, and then, of course, he's late. <laughs> he, he had some one on ones that ran super long. So yeah. I didn't get to meet him. I go back to where my girlfriend at the time was mm -hmm. and, and my other homies that I brought to the show, because every time I go to Tobe's show, I bring homies with me because I know that they would they would benefit. One of the people I brought he's starting a music career because he saw Tobe where he was discouraged yeah. from making music. Cause he was, he was ripped off by producers before, but ever after that show, he's like, no, I'm creating my own production company. I'm doing yeah. my own thing. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I was able to bless him by bringing him. So I know people need to hear Tobe's message, but anyways, I didn't get to meet ET. And so I was just like, it is what it is. And when it's, when it's time, it'll happen. Mm -hmm. So another year goes by and I believe this was in, this was in Miami, uh, February, 2020 before the pandemic, mm -hmm. right before the pandemic, right. There was a, uh, beast mode digital, which I think they're, uh, which is Nikki and Carl and Moose and Isaiah, Jose, and those cats they were putting on a mastermind about social media marketing, yeah. right? And what they did to take ET's 200K followers to 1.1 million at the time, right? And so I show up, right? This is in Miami. Now, the day after this event, there is a 1% series, a 1% cl uh, club, which is a conference that ET puts up. This yeah. time I got the VIP. You know, I was like, you know, I'll, do a little yes, sir. I'll get the exactly. VIP. You yeah. know what I mean? Now there, there was one more level VIP platinum. I wasn't balling that level yet, you know, so I didn't get that yet. And then so I go to the VIP. Well, one, I go to the mastermind with Nikki. I learn a lot, actually, about one myself and how to promote on social media through Instagram and all the different other platforms how my message should come across, my story, what's my superpower and how to use that through my videos. Um, I mean, those guys are such beasts, you know? I mean, they're, they are really beasts. Nikki, Carl, uh, Moose, Jose, Isaiah, all of them, they're beasts at what they do. That's why ET uses those guys, 100%. Yeah. And so at the end of the event, ET shows up. <laughs> ET shows up, gives his little speech, and then we're like chilling and I'm like trying to make my rounds, but you know, he's surrounded by people trying to say what's up you know right. so i don't want to be rude and trying to just jump in there but he took a second to go away to eat some chicken wings right 
Yeah. And, you know, it's a saucy kind. It's a saucy kind. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I positioned myself literally right next to the napkins. And the moment he did this and then looked around, yo, I got you. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I got you. And at this moment, I was like, I got you, brother. And I was like, man, I just want to introduce myself. I'm Gershom Kim. Because of you, I overcame homelessness. I was able to become and get my doctorate in physical therapy. Yeah. You know, and even through the craziest time of my life, I was able to overcome ADHD without medication. And I was I was spilling it, man. I just wanted to thank my man. I didn't, you know, I I was so intense of just thanking him. I didn't even take a picture. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was so focused. I just want to say thank you for all you have done in my life, right? That's all I wanted to do. And so I ended up, you know, he was, man, what's dope about E? And it's like, I, I literally said right off the rip, you probably get this a lot. And E turns at me, it's like, probably not the way you're going to do it. You know what I mean? And I was just like, bro, what, a, what an awesome guy, yeah. you know? And I just laid it out. And that's the first time I met E.T. Yeah. And then I go to the event, learn a lot, you know, and then of course, you know, I meet Jamal King again as well too. I think that's the first time I ever met Carl for the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, then a month later, they have an event in Houston. Okay. And right before this event in Houston, then mind you, this is March 10th. Now, no, 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 no. March, I would say probably March 5. Yeah. And again, the world shut down on like the 17th, 18th ish right of march and right before the pandemic i they were coming to houston i get a call from cj cj says hey man um i've tore my rotator cuff a long time ago it's been a grade three i never did rehab uh, or did rehab correctly um i can't put a suitcase up into the overhead bins and I was wondering if you can help me out. I know that you said you're a PT and you got this device and da 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 da, da yeah. right? And he's like, man, would it be all right if I come up? I was like, bet it would be an honor, yeah. right? And so I work on him before the night before ET's event. Yeah. And that next day after I treated him, he was just like, bro, look what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy. And he, yeah. he was an instant believer, you know? And yeah. so after that, that next day, uh, well, he told me to come to the, you're not the boss of me event, right. Yeah. Which is a, a middle or high school event. And, you know, I show up and I do all this stuff. And then CJ brings me to the back. Right. And they got jerk chicken everywhere, man. And I was like, Oh, I'm ready to smash. You know yes, what I mean? Sir. I'm ready to get down on this. I, yes, I love some jerk chicken. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, I get a plate, I look around, there's a seat right next to E.T., all right? And I literally sit next to him eating jerk chicken yeah. and just just you know, chopping it up with him, you know? And uh, I, this is when I was learning about the disc assessment and I just asked him like, yo, out of the four gospels, what disc assessment characteristic would you put in there? And then he waxed deep on me real quick. <laughs> and I was like, he knows this. Yeah. He really does know what he's preaching is the first thing that popped to my mind. And then the way that he makes it relational was super deep. Okay. And after, after I was talking with ET, uh, CJ and Jamal King 
talked to me and said, hey, man, can you come up to the hotel? And then CJ asked if I can work on his next wife who slept weird and her neck had a kink in it. Yeah. And then Jamal King had some back issues. So, man, I was like, bet, you already know. And I rushed out. I got all my stuff. I brought a table. I got all my tools in a backpack. You know, everything from a cupping set to dry needling, a sharps container, uh, manual therapy stuff, some straps just in case. I mean, a mobile clinic, right? right? A, a clinic to go. And I worked on both of them um, that night. And man, I got a text a few days later, man, I, you got miracle hands, bro. That's what he said to me, CJ. Um, and that was pretty crazy. Now, again, they just went, they went to London right after that. Right. And then of course the shutdown happened and uh, everybody, the world went dark for a sec, right? After a year of COVID, I get a call from CJ. Hey, mall is hurting which is nine to five millionaire, Jamal King. And his doctor says he needs a total hip replacement. And he's having pins and needles in his feet. He's like, anything you can do, all right? And I was like, bro, come to Houston. I'll, I'll make sure he's good, right? I got this new device that they don't really have. There's only uh, three of these in Houston and I got two of them. You know I mean? It's, it's from Barcelona, Spain, yeah. right? Um, I read 270 articles about this machine and this was the one, all right? And one of the best connective tissue tools that they got on the market right now that's having a tough time coming into the States because of lobbyists against the machine and the, the device. Anyways, that's a whole sidecar. But anyways, mall comes, right? I do my eval, I check them out, right? I do my, I do my work, I use the machine, I do some stretching and I give them some maintenance stuff. Two days later, I get a phone call from Jamal King, right? He's like, bro, thank you. I'm able to run three to four miles every single day with no pins and needles in my feet. My back doesn't hurt. And I'm able to go a little bit faster thanks to you. Come on. And my wife is super thankful thanks to you because she don't have to hear me. Come on. <laughs> Come home. Come home. Yeah, so, so now anytime a uh, mall's uh, wife, uh, anytime mall is hurting, his wife says, time to see Gersh. Time to go. see Gersh. There you, you know go. what I mean? And uh, so, yeah, man, I ended up uh, developing a relationship with mall and, and setting him up. And he literally flies down to see me from Chicago, yeah. stays in a hotel. I see him for two, two to three days, depending. And he flies right back. You know, I mean, just to see me, which I'm so grateful and honored that he chose me to do that. And then I think it was probably another four months later on my birthday, uh, interestingly enough, in Austin, I was on a trip on my birthday just to get away. You know, mm -hmm. I usually do that. Just, just ghost out real quick. And uh, I get a phone call from Michigan. Right, but I'm about to walk into the green belt, which is this nature area with no cell phone service. So I just mm. ignore it, whatever, bro. It's probably a scam call. I don't think about it. And I, I just do my thing. Now, Eric Thomas's event, I think it's another 1% club in Atlanta. Yeah. Right. Uh, was about to happen within the next month. And I was looking at tickets and I was like, you know what? I may not have all the funds and I'm like cutting it super close, 
but yeah. I'm going to get the VIP platinum tickets this time. I'm going to get the best seats because I know that by being in the front row, by being in the VIP platinum and getting exposed to more than just what the general admission gets, yeah. I think that's going to take my game to the next level. Yeah. So I actually prayed. I prayed to God that day. God, I mean, these are $1,200 tickets. Yeah, I'm going to buy it. And I trust that you're going to help me, you know, be able to make it within the next few months. Yeah. Right. Um, so I bought the tickets. And then, of course, I get that phone call from E while I'm walking. And then I get a voicemail since I pick it up. I hear it. And it just says, yo, Gersh, it's E. I'm coming to Houston. Click. <laughs> that's, all he, that's all he says. And I'm like, oh, snap. Oh. E. <laughs> so. So I set it up, I set up the schedule, you know, and, uh, man, I, I set up a time and it was like around like six or seven in the morning and, you know, I'm done at my workout at six. I'm already at the gym. So come on through Yeah. and <laughs> six o'clock, six 30 comes no word. So I shoot, shoot ET a text. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I get a phone call from E saying, Oh man, I forgot. Uh, I was hanging out with Tobe last night and I totally forgot I had to come see you in the morning. Yeah. And I was like, yo, don't even stress. Don't even stress. I actually took the whole day off in preparation for you. So, you know, whenever you're available, I'm ready. Right. And he's like, oh, for real? And he's like, I'll go there right now. I'll be there in a minute. Right. And he shows up in 15 minutes and I work on him for the first time. And, you know, I've been studying multiple sclerosis since the start of my career, uh, my college career, as crazy yeah. as that sounds. Yeah. And of course, who has MS? His wife. Didi. Right. Yeah. And so as I'm working on ET and I'm telling all this stuff, he looks at me and is like, man, you know a lot about multiple sclerosis. Like, I think you need to talk to Didi. Yeah. And so he picks up the phone, calls Didi and like. I'm trying to explain everything I just said to ET on the phone yeah. and Didi's listening. And she's like, you know, a lot, <laughs> you know, a lot. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to come up there because maybe you can fix my feet. Right. She's been dealing with plantar fasciitis for a while. Yeah. And, um, her doctor said that she needed a bone spur surgery. All right. And hmm. I said, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I saw her one time. Right. I got rid of 95% of it. I saw, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? And you yeah. know what? You know, the, the craziest part is that she tipped me. I told her, you don't have to pay me a dime right. because of what your husband has done for me in my right. life. I don't even want your money yeah. low key. You know, she's like, no, 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 no. Don't stop God's blessing. She said, I was like, oh, dang, I can't say no to that. Can't say no to that and, now. <laughs> yeah. And you know what she tipped me? Twelve hundred bucks, twelve hundred dollars is what she tipped me, bro. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, "Yo, God is amazing, dude. This is bonkers." You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I didn't ask her to do this. Who tips a PT a, a twelve hundred? Who does that? You know what I mean? Ida, she tips me a grand almost every time. You see what? Yeah. Which is crazy. No, I, I, I won't stop God's blessing. So nah, I no. won't say no. You know, <laughs> I, I, I will never do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like. You know, that's when we really started having a really good relationship because 
they started to see what I was doing for them and how much I wanted to really impact their lives to avoid surgeries and maintain. And because I mean, really the best medicine is preventative medicine, man. And they don't teach this to anybody. It's here in our capitalistic medicine culture. It's just like too late. Here's your diagnosis. Good luck, you know, and that's not the way it works. You know I mean? Really in real health. I mean, before the, you know, opioid crisis, we used to be, okay, we see this, how can we prevent this, you know, and this, you know what I mean? And that's the way it should be in focusing in the preventative part. So it's not so bad when it's too late, right. you know? And so as I've been working with ET and DD and their whole family and their whole organization, as they come back and forth to Houston, or I go to where they are, they ended up just ended up hiring me to be the PT for their wellness program. So they'll bring me out to their conferences or to their events and mm-hmm. work on them. You know, I literally am going to uh, Jamal King's Make Real Estate Real uh, event in Jamaica yeah. for work. You know, I'm making money off this trip, you know what yeah. I mean, for my clinic. And then not only that, being exposed to these next level human beings. Like right. I thought I was thriving. Nah, next to these guys, I'm thriving. <laughs> I'm still on the come up, you know, come I mean? on. surviving almost, you know what I mean? But, you know, as Maul always says, your level of exposure determines your level of success. Yeah. And for me being around these guys, I mean, all of them at the Secret to Success podcast and every even the people behind the scene, they've been so impactful in my life and what I do. And in my confidence, like Kobe, uh, not Kobe, uh, Toby always calls me the goat of all the PTs. Yeah. You know, he doesn't allow me to be humble, low key, man. He always is like, no, yeah. you the goat. Don't yeah. ever say you are, right, you're the goat. And always, yeah. always, you know what I mean? And because of uh, Toby's confidence in me, yeah, bro, I got to be super confident. But in order for me to build my confidence, I got to put in that work. And really, ever since then, man, it's just been, continuing to add and now i'm getting better opportunities through et's uh organization and the people that rock with e man i had at the last conference in chicago two people wanted to take photos with me bro (laughs) you that guy you that guy that's what it is because you're that guy nah for real man it's been a blessing and i'm super grateful every single morning i wake up with the spirit of added gratefulness and gratitude and the willingness to continue to work hard because, man, if I'm going to be treating goats, I better be a goat. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we got, I mean, in order for us to do that, bro, like, all of us got to be goats in our goat table. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm continuing to get my weight up and continue to put in the work behind the scenes when no one's looking because, man, um, I want to make sure that we win this championship and not just get to play in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Birds of a feather. That's all I got to say about that. Oh, Come on, birds of a feather. Man, uh, birds of a feather. All right, Gersh, look, let me, let me, man. For those of you who want to listen, first of all, I, 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 I'll, I'll ask Gersh, where he, you know, y'all can find him. Um, but let me, let me wrap up with this one question. Because, you know, for everybody that's listening to this, and I do, I don't say this often, but this is one of those episodes, man, lasting impact. This is one of those episodes, I'm telling you, 
the the pre-PTs listen to our show, it's going to hit them. Because this show is going to be the one that gets them to keep going, get into PT school. For the PT students that listen to the show, this is going to be the one that pushes them past those struggles. Because everybody has a struggle in PT school. For the professionals that, the ones that just graduated, y'all just took the NPTE, you get into the workforce now, you're starting to feel that little burnout because you will feel it, right? They're, oh, yeah. they're going to feel like, yo, you know what? I could do this thing. For those who've been in there 20, 30, 40 years, because we have those people that listen to the show, they're finally going to see a way out. They're finally going to get hope again. That's why I'm saying this is going to be one of those shows, bro, that leaves a lasting impact on people. I won't, I won't be surprised if this is the number one show. And I'm not saying that to say that. <laughs> I'm just saying I, I, this is going to be an episode, man, that leaves that impact because of who you are, right? This is what, and I want to ask you this question based on this understanding, because people need to understand, like, you're so humble and, and, and you're about that action. Like, you are that guy. What do the kids say? You're him. I think that's what the kids are saying now, right? But you're about that action. Like the, the, the talk you talk is the same walk that you walk. And even to the point of like being the goat in your space, think about the thing I want people to understand is like, because for one, just know that everybody has a calling on their life and it's upon you to fulfill that to the best of your ability. I used to say a long time ago, one of the things I don't want to happen is I get to heaven's gates and God's like, welcome real quick. I just want to show you what you did. And then I'll show you what you could have done. That, that would be one of the most like mind blowing, <laughs> terrifying things to, to, oh, to yeah. get to heaven thinking I did that thing. And then he's like, you did, you hit, you hit 5% of what you could have done if you had simply believed and gone after it. That's why I'm saying this stuff to give you flowers, first of all, so that people understand like, and you understand, like Toby said, you are the goat. I kid you not. Like the fact that you have never treated me physically, but through your work, my physical therapist, both of them, right. Can, can watch your content and step up her game. Shout out to my fiance, soon to be wife, but she can step up her game and then be like, you know what? I know what I know, but I want to learn more. And she, she, she does read in the article. She does all that stuff. But you know what else she does? Y'all she watches Gersh's videos. I'm not joking. Like it's a textbook. And she looks at that stuff and she's like, okay, I see what he's doing. And it blows my mind how she's able to extrapolate things just from watching your stuff. Right. But to that point, I just want to say that because you are a GOAT, it actually gives you not the relevancy, but the ability to handle being with the GOATs. Y'all, listen to this episode. You never want to be at a place where you are blessed without the ability to maintain that blessing. You never want to be at a place where you are in a space with people that could change your lives, but you're not ready for that moment. You never want to be in that opportunity. For Gersh, he prepared himself for that opportunity and he's in that space now and he's doing that thing and he's killing it. But understand, like you said, you are human, but that actually makes it that much sweeter because you're human. It tells everybody listening to this show, if you could do it, they could. If Gersh could, could go through all this stuff and still be where he is today, the opportunity is still present for everybody listening to the show, for everybody watching it. All you got to do is just press forward. So let me ask you this last question. Because 
you are currently living in your purpose. And by the way, if y'all think I'm joking, just go, just go look at his Instagram. Okay. I'm not like, this is not fluff, right? This is not fluff. Go look at his stuff. But what kind of legacy at the end of the day, right? When all is said and done and you could look back on your life and you said, this is the legacy I left. And this is the impact I put on the world, not just in Houston, not just in ETA, but in the world, what kind of impact would you say you'd want to leave? Man, that's, that's really good question, man. Um, I'm always been big on creating positive ripples, right? Today. So that 10, 20, 30, 40 years later, it creates a positive tsunami, right? And so when, when I pass, when that day comes, I hope people will always remember me as the dude who brought them hope when the doctors told them they had to do X, Y, Z. I hope that I'm that dude is like, man, I was able to, he was that dude that was able to help me perform at the highest level possible, right? Or I was able to graduate PT school because Gersh showed me a, a, a blueprint because he showed me that even the dumbest kid and was told he was the dumbest kid, was homeless and had everything against him, still able to get his doctorate and win academic awards. You know what I mean? Um, and even though you have the smartest kids in your class, you were the one that won that because you worked outworked everybody. That's definitely one. And then I guess the last thing would be, man, um, I'll leave it with a quote, bro. Inky Johnson says this one, do what others won't get results. Others don't, you know what I mean? That one is so fire. You know what I mean? Because man, I'm doing all this stuff that the, the population don't, don't want to do, but that's why I'm getting the results that I'm getting today. It was in PT school. It was in my career now, and it's in my life as well, you know? And so do the things that it doesn't look pretty. Do the things that you believe is right and that what makes you happy because at the end of the day, man, I mean, it's not promised. So, man, maximize every single day to the fullest, you know? And I guess last thing I would say with my uh, legacy Bro, that guy was so positive <laughs> and, and that energy was so infectious. That's what I want people to think of me of as like the most loving human being that, that really cared for somebody and their clients more than anything else, man. Because I, like I said, I focus on impact, not money. Yeah. And that has been a big game changer for me, you know. Where can the people find you, Gersh? If people want to get connected <laughs> with you, if people listening to our show, because we got some fans in Houston, where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? What's the best way for people to get in contact with you if they want to learn more? Uh, Instagram is, of course, the best. It's at Gersh Kim, G-E-R-S-H-K-I-M. Uh, my website is uh, maxlevelrx.com, M-A-X-L-E-V-E-L-R-X.com. Uh, you can schedule and you can see what I do, see some testimonials and all that kind of stuff and kind of know my background. And then uh, I'm trying to think what else, man, or I would say that's probably the best too, more than anything. I think TikTok is max level RX as well, too. We're starting to grow that sucker as well, too. Getting Sorry. some a lot of good love. So 
I would say those would be the best platforms uh, to hit me up. I, my phone number is on the website as well as the IG. So shoot me a text. You know, all that works as well, too. Yeah, man. I ain't got nothing else to add on to this episode, <laughs> y'all. I have nothing. I have no more to give. <laughs> but to say thank you, Gersh, for coming on to this show. Thank you for doing this episode. Um, look, I know, like, Gersh is so busy. I was just grateful. He was like, yo, let's reschedule it. Let's figure out a time. And he hopped on, right? So I'm so grateful for that. But for the listeners as well, man, I just want you to understand that you're making such a positive impact on them that I know if they're feeling the energy I'm feeling right now, if they're feeling the energy I'm feeling right now, this is going to be something that creates a shift for people, man. So thank you so much for coming to the show, to the listeners. Y'all know what it is um this is an episode you definitely want to send to your friend this is an episode you definitely want to send to your classmate as a matter of fact this is an episode you want to send to your professor why because you have to understand that there's opportunities where things happen that they're perfectly aligned for you to understand so send it out to the people tell them about it let them know that this is something they want to listen to as well as you already know where to find us otc off the clock seo google us all that stuff will pop up and uh, lastly, y'all keep getting after it. I will catch you on the next episode. Peace out, y'all. Let's grind. Let's get it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.